3: Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Top of the hour as Craig and Davis got you here until 2 o'clock Eastern. We're back, of course, every day here on the show, previewing a lot of the players from a betting perspective in the NFL draft. And we're going to do that almost for the rest of this hour. So those of you who are waiting for that, you're in luck. We'll also update you on the Major League Baseball games. A couple of them are getting underway shortly as it stands. So stay tuned for that as well. Previews of the NBA to come, no doubt. Here are our headlines as we start off this show On the 21st of April, 2021, San Francisco at Philadelphia, Baltimore at Miami. I'm here with you, so I can't be there. That's the way it works today. (laughs) Those games start now. Suns at Sixers, headlines tonight's 12-game NBA slate. Dare I say, that should be a really good game tonight. Looking forward to that. Mookie Betts has x-rays that are negative for the Dodgers. They still expect him to miss some time. Does it matter? Probably not. They'll just call up somebody we've never heard before and they will five home runs the rest of the week. Panther goalie Spencer Knight shines his hit in his NHL debut. One of the best players on the juniors team, also an all-star. 33 saves as the Panthers win 5-1. to one. They've had a really good year. I feel like if I knew a ton about hockey, I'd be talking about that more, playing in my backyard here in South Florida. Actually, a lot closer to where I live than any of these other places, too, because they play in Broward County, which is where I live here in, uh, in South Florida, but Davis, the draft is basically a week away and we're hearing a lot of just craziness going on. It, it feels like every team, not that Davis, every team is associated with a player, but I feel like more often than not, the rumors that I'm hearing are about more trades of picks moving up and moving back. Maybe somebody's watching saying, Oh, Craig, come on every year that happens. I don't think so. I, I feel like As opposed to hearing who the players are matched up with this year, I'm hearing more about how teams don't want their pick or that other teams do want the pick that those teams don't want, which to me doesn't feel like a normal draft.
4: No, you're 100% correct. I mean, to act like this draft is normal is preposterous because the number one and the number two picks are already locked in. There's already been a gigantic trade for pick number three. And then in a corresponding move, there's already been a big pick or a big trade for pick number six. Then you add that into the fact that there is a team at 10 that already has their quarterback locked in with the Dallas Cowboys. Mm -hmm. They should very much think about trading out of that pick. You know, if, if the Cowboys are on the clock at number 10 and one of Lance Fields or Mac Jones is still there, and they're not on the phone with every other team in the National Football League trying to get something out of that pick, it will be total incompetence. And by the way, same thing is true for the Broncos if they decide they don't want Justin Fields. If they decide, look, we're going with Locke... Now, I think this would be a, a mistake of the highest magnitude would be passing on these quarterbacks, but we should see more trades inside the top 10. It wouldn't surprise me to see the Eagles trade out of their pick again, they trade it up, and then if it doesn't break the right way, it would not surprise me to see them trade out. So you are 100% correct. This is not a normal draft. This is not how things normally play out.
3: And, and, I, and I remember last year how focused, especially here, we were on this show. I mean, I, I feel like, and maybe Brett could correct me, but I feel like we were just doing NFL draft for almost two straight weeks of every player, every pick, offensively and defensively. There was nothing else to talk about. We were all in lockdown. Uh, at that time but but i had a much better feel as to which teams were going to end up with which players and i and i don't have that same feeling now now that does set up for a really good night for us here next thursday night on sports grid but it just doesn't make it easier to try and put these mock drafts together and 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 figure that uh sort of stuff out there's no doubt about that uh so davis before we uh take a break here i know that uh you got an interview coming up next give us a little bit of a preview of some of the things that we're going to be talking about here
4: Yeah. So the idea in talking to Pat was we've done, we've done a fair amount of conversation with Pat and my friend, Matthew Friedman, who we've had on the show the last couple weeks, you know, we talked about Trey Lance and Justin Fields and, and, you know, Jamar chase and a lot of the guys in the first round, but the, the draft, it's uh, it's seven rounds. It goes for three days, and you want to know who the players going are, right? Especially if you're watching with your buddies, you want to be like, oh, I, I know about this guy. I know about, oh, that's who I really wanted my team to take in the fourth round. Like, you, you want to have you want to have some water cooler chat. So what Pat and I did was we broke down some of our sleeper guys, some of the guys who were going to go in rounds two, rounds three, rounds four, round five, uh, who are going to be fantasy football relevant over the next couple of years, but then also just, you know, guys that you want your, your teams taking.
3: All right. So we'll have that conversation next. One of my favorite names in the upcoming draft, a very, uh, I think underrated name is, is Chuba Hubbard love Chuba Hubbard playing in college and played really well. He was fun to watch in college. And I just never understand why those guys don't get more love going into the draft and, and especially running back. So I'm interested to hear that conversation that's coming up next. And then also Davis and I are going to take a look at somebody who Davis has got to be rooting for because they share the same name. Davis Mills of Stanford, the the quarterback that now all of a sudden has popped on the scene as maybe a top 60 pick to first or second round pick in the NFL draft. You would never have said that two months ago, but here we are with quarterback inflation again. We'll also update you on the games that are going on in baseball right now. Uh, Orioles and Marlins about to throw out the first pitch at Lone depot park and then giants and phillies have just started their game at the top of the first inning so updates there i don't know if we'll bore you with any previews of the pirates and tigers we'll just have to see probably the worst game of the season being played today in detroit we'll be back with more fantasy sports today in just a couple of minutes fantasy a reality the sports grid 60 everything we normally do here on the show coming up next as well on tomorrow's show i know we normally talk sports cards on tuesday josh cohen Uh, It was his birthday early in the week, so we gave him the week off. He's going to pop on tomorrow's show, and that's what we'll do here coming up next on Fantasy Sports Today, draft preview. Don't go away.
4: Hello, everyone, and welcome back from break here on Fantasy Sports Today. My name is Davis Matic, giving Craig Mish a little break, bringing in my buddy, Pat Corain. We are going to go a little bit deeper with the NFL draft today. Last couple weeks, Pat's been on the show. We've been talking about, you know, Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts and and guys at the top of the draft. We're going to go deeper today, day two, day three. Pat, we're looking at sleepers guys who are you you want your team to be drafting in round three four five getting getting some cheap starters you know that cheap labor that all nfl fans love so uh let's let's just go ahead and start who is your favorite sleeper at the wide receiver position
6: my favorite guy and i hope he doesn't fall into this range i hope he sneaks into day two but it seems like he's probably a better bet for day three would be seth williams um seth williams is a bigger wide receiver in a pretty small class. He was very productive in college, uh, and also declaring early after just three seasons, he was re- he was uh, very strong in Dominator rating both over his career and uh, as a junior. So, if Seth Williams ends up being a day three pick. You know, I think it could take him a little bit longer to emerge than if he comes out day two. But like he has the type of profile where, you know, if he's a second or third round pick, he looks like a potential fantasy superstar. So definitely the type of guy you still want to be taking a flyer on uh, in the second round of of rookie drafts. Or if you're a fan of the team, absolutely. uh, Even if he goes day three.
4: Yeah, so that actually is a really good point. This is a draft just loaded full of smaller slot-style wide receiver guys. I mean, even even guys who played outside in college like Tylan Wallace, 5'11", 194. Seth Williams is 6'3", 211 pounds, ran a 4'49 in his pro day, uh, played in 10 games, had 26 catches as a true freshman at Auburn, so all of that is pretty impressive. I think that my guy is pretty similar to that, and that is Amon Ra, St. Brown. He's a little bit older. Um, he's 20. He's going to turn 22 before or during his rookie season, and he was very slow at his pro day at, at 5'11", 197. But if he is one of those guys that does not test well at his pro day and is still drafted – Third, fourth round. You know, one of the things we have really learned is that if a team co-signs on some of these slower guys, it doesn't necessarily end up mattering that much. It's it's more the co-signing by the team that ends up mattering. And he played as a freshman at USC as well. Is an early declare. Only played three seasons at USC. Age nineteen, season eleven games, eighty four targets, seven hundred and fifty receiving yards with a twenty one percent target share of that USC offense. Also, one of my, just my favorite fun facts of the offseason is that his dad was a world champion bodybuilder um, to just, just the, <laughs> the fun things you find out. And he got two was, sons in the NFL. Yeah, I was, well, it was so surprising to see that St. Brown did not test. Well, I would have figured, I would have figured that his dad would have had him ready to just absolutely crush the pro day. Right. Uh, are, are you, are you on board with me though? Or do you think that he is probably not fast enough to be an NFL wide receiver?
6: No, I'm on board with you. I think if he gets draft position, he'll be pretty interesting. seems like a slot guy. So maybe not quite the most high upside fantasy type of player, but I think that probably the biggest red flag for me with him is not the athleticism, but the, the dominated rating, the production, he never cracked 30%. Um, in 2018 or 2019, which is that Dominator rate threshold we typically look for, in 2020 he did. He had 25% of USC's receiving yards, 41% of their receiving touchdowns, but that was in a small sample of only six games. So the concern there, you know, is that junior year actually a breakout or is it kind of a mirage? Because if we're betting on an unproductive slow wide receiver yeah. with day three draft capital, that gets a lot tougher.
4: Yeah. Okay, another guy who I think fits this mold. I I saw an outrageous tweet yesterday about Nico Collins, the Michigan wide receiver, that he is this year's Chase Claypool. I don't don't think that is true. However, how many dudes have we seen go to Michigan and just get ruined by the scheme they run there? They never have good quarterbacks. Collins uh, is an older prospect. But so I think this is very hard to figure out what to do with. What do you do with these guys who didn't declare, but then also didn't play their final season due to opting out due to the coronavirus? Um, so we have Nico Collins, six four two fifteen four four five at his pro day. Did not play his final season, never had like a, I guess you could call his age 20 season a semi breakout season in terms of, of dominator rating. But he, to me, he just looks like the type of guy that I want to take flyers on and NFL teams too. Once you get into round four, round five, I think guys like Nico Collins become more attractive to NFL teams.
6: To me, I need Nico Collins to go day two, or I'm not that interested. He's big, he's athletic, but he was not that productive. You mentioned he didn't play in 2020, but that would have been his senior season. And I care so much more about that underclassman production. And he never quite got there. He got close, as you mentioned, in 2019, almost had a breakout, 28% dominator rating, uh, 24% of yards, 32% of touchdowns, but really never was the productive underclassman that we are looking for. So I need a team to vouch for him with that day two pick. If they do... Then, you know, you've got guys like Terry McLaurin, like DJ Shark, like Chase Claypool, these athletic, bigger guys who teams think can play and they end up hitting. So, you know, we have to put aside some of this production stuff at times when you get the draft capital and you get the upside with the athleticism and size. But that draft capital is going to be hugely important for him. If he's day three, I think he's probably more like Chris Conley than like a DJ Shark.
4: Yeah. All right. uh, Let's go to the running backs here real quick to me this really is like a four running back class we have Najee, we have etn we have javante williams and then i think kenneth gainwell as well i i don't really include trey sermon in this group right had to transfer in college was uh his acl twice you know not crazy results at the pro day like i i i I could see an NFL team falling in love with Trey Sermon, but I don't view it as overly likely. So I think that your question of RB5, RB6 in this class, it could be almost anybody. Uh, who is your who is your kind of your favorite day two, day three running back?
6: I really like Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, he was awesome in elusive rating last year and in yards per route run, and he's big. He's 230 pounds. He's six foot tall. He's not particularly athletic. He's not like a total bum, but you know, four six plus forty. Uh, his three cone was just over seven. So he's he's not going to be like electric, but at the same time, he was really really strong in small samples uh, in as both a rusher and a receiver. So I think you know if he were to go somewhere like Miami, he could be kind of like a cheap workhorse. You know, upside for a workhorse role. Uh, with a team like Miami, who's shown a penchant for doing that with, you know, just kind of handing the backfield to Miles Gaskin. I think he can be kind of a discount Najee Harris. Uh, I really like him. I obviously hope he sneaks into day two as well. But even with a a round four, round five selection, he's pretty interesting to me.
4: Yeah. So Chubba Hubbard is my guy. Uh, Ran the 4-5-1 at his pro day. It was anticipated he was going to run like a 4-3-5 or a 4-4 flat at his pro day. Didn't happen. That's not particularly great. He also is one of these guys who cost himself a bunch of money with his performance in 2020. So in 2019, he had uh, over 2200 scrimmage yards, scored like 25 touchdowns, you know, average an absurd yards per carry really looked like, I mean, equal with Travis Etienne, who is probably going to be uh, a round two pick to a good NFL team this season. Um, So size and some size, some speed concerns, some pass catching concerns real quick in or out on Chubba Hubbard.
6: I'm out. I mean, (laughs) size, speed, pass catching concerns. What am I supposed to like? Uh,
4: Well, this is, if I was to make the bull case for him, it would be that he was very productive that one season in the big 12 to, uh, and that if he actually is cast in that high like kind of a a Tevin Coleman style role his size and speed is fine you know 40 targets a year 180 carries uh pretty reasonable but we are going to go ahead and zoom out and go back to break I will be rejoined by Craig Mish in just a moment we will continue going through the world of fantasy baseball and all week we will be breaking down the NFL draft here on Sports Grid TV (laughs)
3: Welcome back to Fantasy Sports today here on SportsGrid, SportsGrid.com, NFL Draft coming up in a week from Thursday, and we'll have it covered for you here on SportsGrid. I know Davis will be part of it, so will I, as well as our entire Sports Grid crew, just like we did last year. We're going to do it for you again this year. And a lot of the props are starting to pop more up on FanDuel, and so we're taking a look at draft profiles of a lot of the players who are involved in this thing. We're focused a lot on quarterbacks this week, and I believe we'll have another one tomorrow. But today, Davis... Uh, this uh, this person shares your name here, so I figured this would be a good way to start uh, this segment for sure. Davis Mills of the Stanford Cardinals, 6'4", 225 pounds, and last season, very limited play. It's kind of been his story. Seven touchdowns, three interceptions, and there'll be no shortage of teams that'll want to take him in the second or third round, that's for sure. Patriots, Buccaneers, maybe the future there. Chicago Bears really have no quarterback. Saints could take a shot, Washington football team. I think those are all legitimate spots for him. But, Davis, this is going to be a player that some team, you're a fan of one of those teams that we just mentioned, is not going to know who Davis Mills is. They're, they're not going to know enough about him. They're not going to be familiar with him. They're going to be excited when they get him because that's just how fan bases are. They get excited when they get a new quarterback. So let's talk about Davis Mills a little bit and where you think he ends up and kind of what he brings to the table.
4: Yeah, so first off, it's not uh, absurd to be talking about him from a draft wagering profile perspective because, believe it or not, Davis Mills has been mocked in the first round uh, by several Mm. NFL insiders. Peter Schrager was the first guy he mocked. uh, Now, just barely in the first round, I saw him mocked to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with the 32nd overall pick. Tom Brady, the ageless wonder, but eventually Tom Brady is not going to be able to play anymore. And it's funny because you mentioned yesterday on the show, Ryan Griffin, been in the NFL seven years, don't know if he has a regular season pass attempt, so they're not in a great spot with their backup quarterback. But, you know, guys like Davis Mills generally generate a lot of hype because of the way they look. 6'4", 225, guy looks like a quarterback, right? You, You look at him play... Just, I mean, just look at this picture of him. He just looks like an NFL quarterback. But you're right. So a couple things played into his numbers. The first is that Stanford is always one of the most run-heavy teams in college football. Right. Christian McCaffrey was there. I mean, in his career at uh, in his career at Stanford, they would basically be like a 55 fifty-five uh, forty-five pass to run split. Mm-hmm. And if you know, if you're looking for reasons to say. You know why? Why should we be interested in him? Well, KJ Costello was the backup at Stanford and actually had to transfer to Mississippi State, where he was pretty solid. Uh, in in the t- well, he was okay, but basically he outperformed KJ Costello, forced him to transfer. The weird thing though is eighteen passing touchdowns, eight interceptions on only four hundred thirty-eight passing attempts. I think that Davis Mills is kind of like Trey Lance, where. You just can't feel that confident in anything that he can do because he played in a system that is so far away from what NFL offenses are doing. Like if if NFL offenses are running something close to the air raid, Davis Mills playing an offense Mm -hmm. that would look pretty comfortable in like 1980s college football. So it's just very hard for me to say, oh, Davis Mills is really good or really bad.
3: Yeah, I I think that Mills this year, and, and, and different comparison in terms of the kind of offenses they were in, but where he's being picked, this reminds me of like the Jacob Eason pick of of where the Colts were at when they took him, where you're just not really sure, but we're going to take him. Maybe he'll end up being our starter. Maybe he won't. kind of feel like Mills is going to end up in a spot where someone else is going to be the starter. Maybe eventually they hand it over to him, but you still can't even guarantee that. Let's look at his prop on FanDuel and his draft position, which you can bet on right now is 68 and a half. And I feel like if you did every quarterback and you just bet uh, under, I guess under meaning uh, higher up in the draft, you'd win. You'd if, if you did 10 quarterbacks, you'd win seven. I feel like going into this thing, it's just the way quarterbacks work usually. 68 and a half Davis is his number. And we can also add to this total quarterbacks drafted in round one. I feel like he may have to be a part of this for this to hit six. You can get plus 440 if you think so. But most people feel, Davis, that they're going to be a guaranteed four quarterbacks going in the first round. Some people feel five. Not many feel six. That's where we're kind of at with this.
4: Yeah, I I think five quarterbacks is guaranteed. I think Mac Jones, regardless of what I think about Mac Jones as a player, I think the NFL is clearly forecasting to us that they think that Mac Jones is a first-round pick. Uh, And in fact... I think there's a chance that five quarterbacks go inside the top ten picks, which uh, I'm sure is a historical anomaly. Now, the question with Mills, I would probably take the under on this number that the FanDuel Sportsbook has posted, and I also, if I was making that wager, I think I would correlate that wager and bet the over on five and a half quarterbacks as well. I don't, I don't think this is a great bet. I think five is the right number. I think this is priced 92. appropriately. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I, think FanDuel has this priced the right way. But if you had good intel, now keep in mind, you could make, you could just crush NFL props if you had NFL draft props if you had good intel. I mean, it's profitable anyways if you kind of just play the swings of the market. But if you have intel that you know some team loves Kyle Trask, some team loves Davis Mills, some team loves Jamie Newman, that is just a, a prop you should definitely run to bet. I, 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 if I had to bet it right now. And I don't love these odds, obviously, but I would bet the under because I I don't see Trask, Newman, Davis-Mills going in the first round. But I I do think probably two quarterbacks go in the second round.
3: I I don't like Newman more than I like the other two names that you just mentioned. Uh, But do you like like, uh, Trask more than Mills?
4: I think I would give the slight edge to Mills, actually, just because he hasn't let me down yet. Kyle Trask has been awful in some of the the big games that Florida yeah, played yeah, and yeah. also, and he played with Kadarius Tony and Kyle Pitts, who are probably going to be sure. I mean, Kyle Pitts is for sure going to be a first round pick. Tony will probably right. be a first or second round pick. Davis Mills, you know, just nothing. He didn't really play with anyone of that caliber, but I think it's close and I think it just kind of goes on which offense would be taking them and and what they would ask them to do.
3: So who who do you want to talk about tomorrow? Any idea which which quarterback you want to preview?
4: yeah, I think we got to talk about Trey Lance because my guess is that many people who watch this show have never watched Trey Lance. They all they know is that he went to the same school as Carson Wentz. They know that he is a good running quarterback, but they never uh, have seen him do much on a football field. I mean, he in uh, this is actually true as a as a varsity player in high school, he threw under only one hundred and thirteen passes. And then Mm. in college, I believe the number was he threw 383 passes. So Trey Lance, some GM is going to stick his neck out for Trey Lance, having basically about 500 pass attempts under which to evaluate him. And, uh, you know, some GMs like to risk it. Some GMs like to play it safer. I think Trey Lance has tremendous physical tools. I mean, you compare him to someone like Davis Mills, who – did the best with what he had at Stanford but is a limited athlete not fast not quick uh, is very big but Trey Lance is bigger than Davis Mills he's also six4 he weighs 240 pounds he ran a 4 540 and he like it like he's one of those guys where you look at tackling him and you're like that would just hurt it would just hurt to try and tackle Trey Lance and he's a quarterback.
3: yeah look I, I mean I'd be the first one to tell you that I heard his name all last year. Didn't really watch him play almost at all. YouTube is very easy to be able to click. but as as far as like game flow and understanding who he is and the kind of player he was, like I, I feel like last year's guy who played at a bigger school but was part of this discussion was Jordan Love. But I mean, I had seen Jordan Love play in bowl games and in regular season games as well. And, and, and had a good feel for who he was, even though he wasn't going to be taken in the first 10 picks like may, maybe Trey Lance was. And so I'm at a real disadvantage with, with this player, honestly, Davis, going in uh, just on every level because I, I all I know is what I hear and what I've seen on replay and nothing live. I, I don't know if you feel like you have to watch live. I, I feel like a big part of – if I haven't seen a player watch in a uh, – I'm sorry, if I haven't seen a player play live, when I'm watching or on demand, I could go back and watch. But if I haven't seen that, I, I don't feel educated enough outside of just what I hear to be able to comment. I can just tell you what other people think, and that's it. So with him, I, whatever you think is kind of the way that I'm going with it.
4: Yeah, we will. Uh, we can uh, we can dig into some of the scouting reports. We can uh, we can dig into some of the scouting reports on Trey Lance. I'll, I'll get us uh, some poll quotes on him and uh, we can take a look at where he's going in some of these mock drafts and kind of just try and give people a picture of what Trey Lance does on the football field. Cause look again, watching the draft with your buddies, you want to sound smart. You want to be able to say things like, oh, he doesn't repeat his delivery or his arm angles weird or like, you know, that cause that's just what all, that's what watching these events is like. You, you just want to sound like, you know, more than you do. So we will, uh, hope to get people well-informed. I think it was worth talking about Davis Mills because he is for sure. Davis Mills is, he's going to be one of those guys that gets selected and people are going to be like, wait, who? what Davis Milward pac 12. And that's Definitely. the other thing. So funny pac 12 players. No one ever watches them play. Cause they play at one o'clock on the Eastern coast. Like literally no one knows who these pac 12 players are when they get drafted.
3: Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. Quick update here. This is uh, a Brett Levy special. Phillies have taken a three to nothing lead on the San Francisco giants. And, uh, looks like Brad Miller, you guy who called him DFS got a hit. Uh, Mayton, the shortstop also got a hit that brought up mickey Moniac, center fielder who had a three run home run davis three run home run for mickey Moniac, former first overall pick in the draft our producer brett levy is slamming things down it's like a double whammy the phillies are winning his guy in center field is hitting home runs so this was off anthony disclafani so three nothing phillies already in the first inning uh, I got no score between Miami and Baltimore. We'll keep you updated on those two games as we roll on here on Fantasy Sports today. But coming up next, it is time for Fantasy or Reality as we discuss the saves category in fantasy baseball. Should we get rid of it? Maybe. Be right back. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports today. Here until two o'clock on the East. Scott Farrell coming up a little bit later. Going coast to coast. We'll be back here tomorrow at noon Eastern. And Davis has thrown down the gauntlet. So Trey Lance is our preview here tomorrow. If you tune in, and every day we're doing a preview of a different player in the NFL draft, a profile telling you a little bit about them, what you can expect next Thursday night. So stay with us and stay on the grid. But uh, Davis, it's uh, it's Mickey Moniac Day today in Philadelphia. Uh, our producer Brett Levy is very upset. He's talking about maybe like boycotting tomorrow, the next day. He doesn't want to talk about fantasy. It's just it's been a rough start. I mean, that's all you can say
4: been a been a rough start what can you do it's been a rough start for uh for a lot of us i mean my Raz slam team missing eloy missing uh missing aldoberto modesty you you get you're your mlb reporter you know what's up with Montesi, man can you give me the inside line like when are we going to see him when is he back stealing bases i'm
3: gonna i'm gonna have to make some calls after the show i mean as, as some some teams and some players i'm more in on than others and if i if i can provide you the information davis you know that i will but I got nothing on on Mondesi. I have Mondesi in a league, too. What are you talking about? I need him just as bad as you. I'm doing okay at the start of the season. So I need him back as well. But, okay, I digress. Let's get to fantasy reality here and start off. For those of you who still play in season-long fantasy baseball formats, like myself, like Davis this year, too, the saves category uh, is, saves is just, I mean, steals is is predictable because you know who's going to run. Wins is, is tough. But if a pitcher does go eight innings, you expect him to potentially get a win. Saves are literally impossible. Saves is impossible to figure who's going to end up being a closer. They throw very hard. They throw very fast. They get hurt a lot. Another guy comes in, ends up leading the league in saves. Best closer in baseball, Davis, this year. Was undrafted and every in, right Emmanuel Class A right on Cleveland like nobody drafted him like no I mean nobody thought like mm-hmm. Karen Cech, he's the guy nobody cared and now it's Class A and and he by the way is going to be the closer the rest of the year the way he's pitching so the question just becomes with so much luck involved in the category do we, do we just get rid of it fantasy reality saves should be removed from fantasy baseball
4: yeah reality you you get rid of it Um and you either generate some other category. I mean, you could do saves plus holds. That's a, that's a way to reward. That's that's a way to reward relievers who are consistently doing their job, their job. When a reliever comes in the game, their job is to have the score be the same as when they came in like that literally is the job of a reliever saves plus holds rewards that, or you remove steals and you remove saves and you make it four by four right uh which and and sp- guys still do steal bases but compared to when fantasy baseball was first originated uh in the 80s stealing bases is far less prevalent there are li- i mean literally like a handful of guys who are gonna get double digit saves like if i set the line on to tw- our steals if i set the line at 20 guys who get 10 or more steals, you're probably taking the under. So I, I think that could be something that you could do, but it it is an antiquated way to view the game. And most importantly, saves are not real. Saves are not a real stat. Home runs, real stat. Stolen bases, at least you actually stole the base. Saves are not a real stat. They're made up. They, it's, it's just a reflection of uh, a category of the game. And if saves never got invented by a baseball writer in 1978, we wouldn't care. Uh, and it wouldn't change the way we view the game at all. So this is a reality for me.
3: It was before 78, but yes, uh, I'm in agreement with you. I I think there is value to somebody that can get out in the ninth. There are Hall of Famers that deserve to be there, Dennis Eckersley, uh, Bruce Suter, Lee Smith. um, And those guys, by the way, pitch two innings at a time sometimes. And and so if that was a save where pitcher comes in in eighth in a one-run game, and then pitches the ninth two, gets six outs. Yeah, like that makes sense. But we are so far gone from being able to predict who is going to get saves. And then we don't even talk about this a ton. But like a, a player comes in and, and it's a seven to four game. He gives up two runs, but gets three outs and he gets the save two. He didn't even do his job. I mean, what, what was the job to just give up some runs and, and barely preserve the lead? So. I am with you. I mean, I, I guess if it stays, it helps me in fantasy because I never take closers. But yet some people feel like you still should every year. It just doesn't add up. It doesn't make any sense. I'm, I'm with you 100%. I, I think it needs to go. Saves and holds could be a possibility. I, I agree with that sentiment. But I bet we could find something else that is more skillful than than trying to predict. Jake McGee is going to lead the National League in saves in, in 2021. I mean, it's just, it's just batty, nuts. So I'm in agreement. All right, the uh, Adrian Wojnarowski yesterday on ESPN sent out a very interesting tweet that I hadn't even thought about. The big three on the Nets. Remember, they acquired James Harden three months ago. So they have Harden, Durant, and Kyrie Irving. But the problem is for the Nets, Davis, is that all season long, the entire season, they played a total of seven games together. That's just insane. But the Nets right now over on FanDuel, they're pretty much telling you it doesn't matter. Fantasy or reality, Nets are still the favorite to win the East.
4: Yeah, so the way I was viewing this when we were working on our outline, was just like, are the Nets going to be all right? Like, does it matter that these guys have no chemistry, that they haven't really played together, they don't have a set offense, and that they're going to be trying to solve in real time the Miami heat problem, which was the, your ball, my ball stuff, right? That for you, Craig, you remember that first year, Wade and LeBron couldn't really figure out what to do. Like they didn't know who should initiate the offense, who should take the shots at the end of the game. Now, luckily Harden and Durant are buddies. They've been, they've been, they literally at this point have been friends for 15 years. So I think that ices off a little bit of the problem. Like they are, you know, they, they, and, and also I think by the way, it helps that If the other two guys, if they were on truth serum, they'd say, look, Kevin Durant is the best. He is the best player. He is the best scorer. He's the best defender of us. Like he's the best. So my answer to this is actually, yeah, it's a reality. They're still the favorite because Kevin Durant, when he is healthy, people just forget this because of the warrior stuff and because of the, how much he's been injured. But Kevin Durant, when he is playing and playing his full complement of minutes, he is the best scorer of the basketball Probably since Michael Jordan. And I mean, even more efficient than Michael Jordan, too, because he's such a good three point shooter. So I, I think they are still the favorite.
3: Yeah, the, I'm very torn on, on this one. Uh, look, it, it is a reality. They may even be the favorite to win the championship, which is scary. This is not good for the league at all to have them only playing in seven games together and then going on to do really good things. It would almost be more beneficial for them to get knocked out in the first round to make a statement that you have to play your guys in the first round. So the thing for me is this. uh, It's going to be fun to watch the Nets, and it would certainly be better for the viewer to have them get as far as they could possibly go. Now, I have vested interest in the Nets too, and rarely do I bring up cards in this situation, but I have a lot of Steve Nash's rookie cards and a lot graded in 10. So I got a big financial stake without even betting on the Nets that I'm just going to get this this uh, osmosis of of nash cards going through the roof if they end up winning the championship because he's going to be the coach on that team so I, I want it to happen but there's a part of me that wants the regular season in all sports to mean something because if we're going to be talking about it this much i i want it to, to be meaningful and the nba's regular season i think has been fun this year and meaningful but it won't be if the Nets win the championship. And I don't know how I would approach it in the future. I would The next five years, all I'll probably say is, hey, Nets won the championship. They didn't even play their guys during the regular season. Lakers win the championship. They didn't even have LeBron and AD playing for two months. So I'm going to say reality. They're still the favorite to win. They have the best three players of the court at any given time. But there is a, a little part of me that's kind of sort of hoping that they don't. But the financial... Takes precedent. And if Steve Nash's rookie card is going to go for two grand and a 10, I'm sorry. Nets, go win a championship. I'm good. All right. Finally, uh, Xander chaffel who broke our hearts a little at the Masters on the back nine, I think on 14 or 15, almost had a shot in the end, but just kind of let it get away from him there a little bit. He's going to play this weekend in the Zurich Classic of New Orleans. And, uh, D- Davis, I don't know a ton about the tournament this weekend, but I see the names who were in it. It doesn't look all that foreboding, except for the Masters winner, of course, is in this thing. So, fantasy or reality, uh, Xander is the golfer to bet this weekend. I need to know the odds, too.
4: So, Xander, right now, you can get him on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Him and Patrick Cantley are teammates. Cantley and Xander are probably my two favorite golfers. You know, if you uh Bryson is my favorite golfer to bet on but he is uh a jerk like no one no one likes Bryson but Xander Xander and Cantlay are like uh, actually interesting and, and cool guys Cantlay actually is a really cool story and on the Daily Roto Daily Fantasy Golf podcast this week I said I'm making one bet this week for the Zurich Classic which is a team event where they play alternating best ball foursomes right so one one day it's best ball then the other day it's just combined score so craig if you and i were a team we'd go out and we'd play alternating shot one round then the next gotcha. day we'd play best ball yeah so Xander and cantlay combined are the official world golf ranking number four and number six no team is even close to that in this event right john Rahm is playing with ryan palmer some of the other really high official world golf ranking guys in this event are, you know, they're paired with a teammate, whether it be through sponsor or they have the same agent, or maybe they're just buddies. There just is not a combination of talent close to Xander and Cantlay. So I I very rarely will I pound the table for a golf bet because it's so noisy, but this is in, in the calendar year, 2021 Xander and Cantlay to win the Zurich classic is probably my favorite golf bet we've had yet.
3: Wow. All right. So maybe a little bit more of a preview on that tomorrow. Uh, I'm just going to defer this question to you on this one, and uh, and I'll say reality. I've watched more golf over the last few weeks and and played more in the last few weeks than I have in a bit. So I'll uh, I'll check it out this weekend. Don't know really what to expect, but you know certainly I think that um, I'll just say reality and just kind of keep it moving from there. Uh, we you know we heard that uh, yesterday that the uh, the Super League in soccer. Uh, was was going to be a huge thing, Davis, and then almost 24 hours later, we're hearing about it failing. Like, it, do you think that this is the fastest league to ever fail? <laughs> it feels like in in all
4: sports. Yeah, and you know, to be clear, this is not going away. They they proposed it because they've wanted to do this forever i actually did an interview with some guys who wrote a book about the premier league three years ago on my podcast and they said look this is happening eventually it's going to happen they proposed it it failed the fans were not having it eventually the money involved is going to be so great i mean we're talking about billions and billions of dollars in television rights sponsored stadiums across the world It's going to happen and It's gross, and it's it's capitalism, you know, ruining, uh, you know, just a beautiful community event. I mean, the history of soccer is so beautiful, and how it has impacted communities. And I hate it, but it's going to happen. But I'm, I was, it was kind of heartwarming, though, to see all the people who cared so much about the sport and about their teams, you know, like literally take to the streets to demonstrate against
2: this.
3: Yeah. All right. Well, look, I'm, I'm happy for it, and, and look, I, uh, I mean, the, the closest I get to soccer, Davis, is Ted Lasso. So I'm um, um, you know I know that that show I don't know did you watch that show on uh, on television on was it Apple TV? Did you watch that one?
4: I've been I've been saving it. I've been saving it because everyone says it's so great and I know I it love soccer so much. Yeah, I'm I'm saving it. I can't wait.
3: Yeah, really good show. I know it's the second season's coming back in July. Actually something I can look forward to watching. All right, we got to take a quick break. we got the Sports Grid 60 coming up next, so make sure you stay with us and stay on the grid as we get ready to get out of here on this Wednesday. Tomorrow we're back here on the show. More NFL draft preview, sports card update with Josh Cohen, and a whole lot more right here on sportsgrid.com. And Davis and I will wrap it all up after this. So stay on the grid. Be right back. Well, there's a rain delay right now going on in Philadelphia between the Giants and Phillies. And if the game does get rained out and doesn't continue, that Mickey Moniak home run may not count, which may lead to the Phillies have to making a change in center field. That would make Brett happy. Davis has got the Sports Grid sixty, which will be a lot more interesting than that, that's for sure. Davis, what do you got?
4: So I, I love in these Sports Grid sixties to just give content recommendations because we're all, we're all, we all love to watch TV. We are, our, our streaming habits have gotten out of control over the last year. I don't see them breaking anytime soon. Unreal documentary. On Hulu right now, it's called Sasquatch. It's not just about Sasquatches. It's like a combination drug ring, murder, mystery, uh, paranormal. It's it's unreal. Like it's one of the wildest documentaries I've watched in a long time. We all love these, you know, true crime genre documentaries. This one this one comes highly uh, recommended.
3: Yeah, I did, I did see people posting about that. So I think I'm going to have to dive in. I've heard now a lot of recommendations on that. So I definitely am. All right, my, my comment here at the end of the show is as follows, is that uh, I am probably the least of the king of the hot take stuff, both here uh, on the show sometimes and even on social media. And I feel like I have a pretty good following. And the reason why is because I am afraid. Uh, I am afraid of saying something stupid, that inevitably will get me fired from my job. I think that's a good fear to have. I like my job and I like working. And the amount of stupid things that people say to get themselves fired is just insane. And it is always backed up by saying, well, at least I was able to express my opinion. My opinion shouldn't get me fired. You know what else shouldn't get you fired? The fact that you have just no reason whatsoever to put yourself at risk. It is easier to just keep your job the rest of your career and not say dumb things on social media as an individual, as a club, football, baseball, basketball, and just go on about your life. It's not all about sometimes the things that you think in the moment. It's about being cool. Keep your gig. That'll do it for the show. Thanks to James at LTN. For Brett, Danny, and Ryan, and my co-host Davis Matic. I'm Craig Mish. See you tomorrow.